yo, yo, it's the 1409 Podcast. I go by the name of KT. Live on this Wednesday night. You know we're going live with Derek Miller, motivational speaker and more. Going to be tapping in, see what he has going on, some of the things he's been going through. We're going to definitely tap in with that. Shout out to uh, Lil' Ken in here, No Love Ken. We're going to be tapping in with you real soon. We see you out here working, man. We see you out here working for real, for real, so... We're definitely going to tap in with you. And you're doing this at a young age. Listen to one of your tracks already. Fire. Fire, man. Just keep pushing, man. We're we going we gonna to get you up on here. We're going to get a date to you and everything. Going to make everything happen. But tonight, we got Derek Miller in here. Motivational speaker. Going to be tapping in with 1409. And we're going to get into everything he has going on. Everything he's been going through most recently. So everybody tune in, tune in, 1409 Podcast. Let's go ahead and get our guests up in here and our co-host so we can get this thing. For sure, for sure. Appreciate it. No problem, no problem, man. No problem, man. We see you out here. Shout out to Salute the Hustle, man. Hey, what's going on, fam? How you living? How you doing? How you doing? All good, all good, man. So shout out to I am Lynch Hunt in here as well. You know what I'm saying? Another client of BMRPR. Shout out to Bianca for putting this together tonight as well, man. Man, we're glad to have you on here. For the listeners and the viewers out there, can you go ahead and let the people know who you are, what you do, where you're from? Uh, my name is Derek Miller. Uh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm a motivational speaker and entrepreneur. Motivational well, speaker, entrepreneur. All right, for sure, for sure, man. From Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised. Yeah. Well, actually, I was born in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, but I've been here for 33 years of my 34 life, you know, 30, 34 years on earth. So, you know. Hey, for sure, man. Shout out, man. We're from South Carolina as well. I'm from Florence. Guala's from uh, in this area as well. So, you know, we, uh, we're not too far. Okay. Be fast. Man. Okay. What, what was it like growing up in Charlotte, though? Uh, it It was good. It was good. Um, you know, the I guess some of the stereotypical things that some people might might have went through uh, growing up. Uh, I grew up on base four, um, and it was a little bit rough, but it was a it was a it was a learning experience, a good experience. I don't regret any of it. Um, probably when I was in high school, transitioned over uh, to a better side of town, and. Uh, you know, in Mid Hill, and it was it was it was a it was a good experience. I don't read any of it. I think Charlotte's a very well balanced city. Um, you got great sides, you got bad sides, you got a little bit of countryside, you got a little bit of city. So it's a good town. Hey, for sure, man. I heard some things about Betty's Ford. I heard it, uh, it's real out there for real, man. So you came from some yeah, home. yeah, it, it is. But you know, um, it's some bad. And it has some good parts. You know, I learned a lot being in that area for that, that span of time. So I don't read any of it. What were some of the positive things that you uh, took from that area of the city? Um, the positive that I took from it is I learned very quickly what not to do. Um, a lot of people might have slipped into drinking and drugs and things of that nature. I was able to see that up front and and personal um with some of the uh things that was around in the area in the neighborhood. Um 
and I knew very early on that that wasn't something I wanted to take part in. Um, using or selling or anything of that nature. So that was a lesson I learned very early in the process. Okay, I feel that. So did you take up sports, academics, or what what type of things did you take up to not get into um, those stereotypical things? I was more – early on, I wasn't big into sports early on. Um, I was more up under my dad's wing. You know, I was up under his wing, and I watched him work extremely hard and and that gave me more of an entrepreneurial mindset. And I just watched him work and, and try to figure out how to get us out of that situation and get us in a better situation. And uh, that was more so of the, the thing I focused more on, trying to be like him at an earlier age that he figured out how to do it. He didn't figure it out until he was, like, in his 40s. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was trying to, take what he learned early on and apply it to myself at a young age. Okay, I feel that for sure. So at what age would you say you transitioned over to Mint Hill? Um, I was 13. 13 we moved to Mint Hill. All right, man. So, what were some of the positives over there in Mint Hill? The positive over there was uh, the eye-opening. The eye-opening that Everybody doesn't live like a, 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 in a hood lifestyle. That the hood, quote quote, isn't the only thing that's out there. You know what I'm saying? It kind of expanded my mind that things could get a lot better. You could you could aspire to have a better life. Um, you could dream to have a better life, and it was something to look forward to. And if if my dad could work hard and, and dream and build and get us to this point, you know what can I do for myself? If I apply the things that he showed me. Hey, for sure, man. Shout out to Gualabee's World up in here. Yeah, Another half yo. of the podcast. How you living, man? How you living? Doing good. Doing good. All right, for sure, man. So what what high school did you attend over there, man? I'm not too familiar with Charlotte. I know it's a larger city than where I came from, so I'm just trying to, for people that may know. I went to Independence High School. Independence High School? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What what was what was your time like there? Was it a were you a well known student or were you kind of you stayed to yourself under the radar? No, I, I stayed to myself, man. Uh, my my personality for for the most part is uh, uh, more of a quiet type of person. I'm not I'm not a, a loud or boisterous type of person. I stayed to myself. Um, but while I was there, um, I had my little circle of friends. Um, at the beginning. It was a little bit of a, a, a hood school, and they had to transition the school and change it around and, and kind of get it get it under control. They had a lot of gang activity and stuff like that. And uh, by the time I graduated, graduated, you know, it, it was a really good school, and, and the experience itself was great. You know, at that point, that's why I got involved in sports, and um, that was more so. And then really, the only reason I did it is to kind of get the attention from my dad, from my father. And, um, you know, because I didn't, he was still focused so much on the business aspect of everything, of his life. At that point, uh, his business and everything was running really, 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 really well. So 
as an, in an attempt to get his attention. I, I, that's why I went to the sports side of things, hoping that that would draw his attention. For sure, man. So, I, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to play in sports in high school. I was just in there lifting weights with them. I just, <laughs> that's, that's all I was doing. <laughs> well, I know you was a star athlete out there. What, what was you going <laughs> I wouldn't say star athlete, but you know I played a few sports. Uh, I wrestled, played soccer, um, football in my younger years, baseball. Never okay. made a basketball team though. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had, I wanted to play basketball. We had a rule that uh, if you had hair, that you couldn't play basketball. Like if you had long hair, you couldn't play basketball. So like I never had an opportunity to even do that. Like so oh, yeah, that that was at like out of school too. Um, Coach made them cut their hair. So. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's ridiculous! What they think they gonna pull your hair or something? I I have no idea what the whole, it was, I don't know what the whole deal was. It was you know the coach came to me and said, "Yo, I want you to play on a team. You know, you're fast, whatever." I said, "Okay, cool." And he's like, "But you gotta cut your hair." And I'm like, "I'm not cutting my hair, man. I'm not." It's not gonna happen. I told him I need a religious exemption. I I can't cut my hair, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give me a religious exemption for this right here, man. I don't know. I think it was part of the, the program or the plan to like uh, make men into better young men, make boys into better young men. Because you know, like, exactly, we had rules or we had I don't know, like we had dress codes or we had to uh, like tuck our shirts in and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we didn't I think, um, and and to your point, I think when I played when I played football, that's when I really learned like how the world really really works, like. If you don't put in the work and if you don't do your end of the bargain, you don't uphold your end of the bargain, you're not gonna get the results you want. Like that's when I, that's when it really came into play. That's when I really found out like how things really work. So it was it was a good experience. For sure, man. And you you mentioned you're an entrepreneur. What what age did you gain that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit? Um. I had it. I had it. I probably was in the fifth grade. Uh, my dad, he had a lawn, a lawn care service, and I watched him build it from just, you know, one little lawnmower up to three or four lawnmowers and having a few employees. And I watched him build a, a cleaning service, and he had that and the cleaning service, and he showed me all the you know, how much he made in a year, and he showed me the taxes and stuff like that. And I was just amazed at how much he could actually, how much you can make on your own just from providing a service for people that need something. And you don't have to go out here and try to work for nobody. You don't have to go out here and beg and plead and try to get a job, stuff like that. And uh, I probably was in fifth grade when I when I seen that. And by the time I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, I was well on my way to making my own money. You know, he would let us let us work. Me and my sister he would let us work uh after school and you know, I would I would get paid six or seven hundred dollars a week for doing my part in the in the two businesses. In sixth grade? So yeah. Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a it was a good a good experience. Yeah, he's definitely on the way. So you mentioned he had a cleaner service. Was it residential or commercial or both? We, we did everything. We did uh, residential and commercial, mostly commercial uh, due to the fact that, you know, the contract, you know, you could sign a contract for a year and then, you know, you would have that guaranteed money for that whole entire year. 
So we focused more on trying to get those. And uh, he had a, a contract at the airport. He had a contract at a couple of businesses. Um, he had a contract at a, a, a plant that he worked at for 20 years, and he retired, had that contract. And, you know, with all of those, we, you know, we, we were well in the six figures and, you know, doing fine. And um, my my mom, she ran that part of the cleaning part of it. And he ran the line, the landscaping part of it. And me and my sister, you know, we just helped them out in between whatever they needed. So y'all was cleaning the inside and the outside. Y'all had it. Y'all yeah, cleaning. yeah, yeah. If we could get it, we took it. If we could get it, we took it. It didn't matter. I feel that, man. 700 a week as in sixth grade. I don't know what I'd do with that. I have all type of Xboxes and PlayStations. <laughs> I, bought, I, took, I took my money. I bought a car and, you know, I had every little uh, jersey. I don't know how old you guys are, but the style was basketball jerseys and hats and long chains. I had every chain, every hat, every everything. Long t-shirt. That's what I did. <laughs> long t shirts yeah. I had all the long tees, the fresh tees. I had them all. So, Jabos. You, know. you had you some Jabos. I wasn't a Jabot guy. I mean, that was, you know, I, did, I didn't get in on that trend, but, you know, I seen other people with them, but I, I didn't like the Jabot's, so. Yeah, Bose was like a favorite for me. You had all these different pockets. You could hide something in this pocket, hide something. <laughs> <laughs> it was plus me, man. Like, I had all different colors. But yeah, definitely. But I would make it 600, 700 a week. At no age in my childhood, you was you was definitely ahead of your peers with that one. And, and you took that entrepreneurship on into adulthood. Yeah, I did. I, um, from from that point, like I said, my whole goal was to try and emulate what he did at an earlier age. Because he told me, he told me at one point, he was like, "If I knew what I know now at your age, I would be so much further ahead." So. I took that heart to heart and I tried to implement it in my life. And um, I had some ups and some downs. It's not as easy as he made it look. And it wasn't even easy for him. But um, I've done countless things, countless things. Um, automotive repair, I've done towing, I've done uh, apparel, I've done uh, uh, baby shoes. I've done, I've done countless things. Um, in order to try to find that that thing that's gonna you know make it for me as an entrepreneur, and the thing that I got that I was really good at was apparel, and I ended up doing that. And I've been doing that for years now. What what type of apparel were you were you putting out? Any kind of apparel. I um I I went and I researched and found the the best way to. Uh, Print a large sum of uh, shirts and sweatshirts and things of that nature at the highest quality I could find, and bought the equipment and everything like that. And I've been doing it on a high production level for the last six or seven years. And uh, I did that to kind of try to separate myself because the last three years it became a popular thing for everybody to do. Everybody tried to do t-shirts, t-shirts, t-shirts. But the main goal I wanted to do was try to separate myself and get into uh, a supplier's lane and not just a, you know, T-shirt uh, market. I feel that, man. So you had the T-shirts, the sweatshirts, the sweatpants. And Everything. What, what type of 
So you had like different logos, or what? What was? What were? What? What name were, were these clothes going by? It was. It was actually. It was the same thing. Like I told you about my father. The whole concept was trying to get uh, large contracts. Mm -hmm. So I would try to contract with schools. I would try to contract with different businesses and things of that nature in order to bring in large, consistent contracts is going to have consistent orders. So uh, they would have, they would come to be with their logos or whatever they need made. And we would just, you know, go from there. All right. I feel that. So with, with the large amount of orders coming to you, were you, did you have to get a team or were you handling everything on your own still? Well, I, I pretty much handled everything on my own and um, started to build a team slowly. And uh, it is, you know, when you're, trying to, when you're trying to build a team, you're trying to put out the same quality that, you know, you set the standard for for your business. You can't just bring anybody in. So um, I, didn't, I didn't get to that point where I was hiring a bunch of people. But I had a small team of people that knew exactly what we were trying to do and, you know, kept it moving like that. For sure, man. That's that's entrepreneurship for sure. You was out here getting it from from then to now. But so with that, yeah, yeah. What, what's the most difficult thing you had to overcome in life? Um, the most difficult thing would would be uh my current situation. Um uh, in September of last year, I got diagnosed with uh, kidney disease. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a that was a big uh, a big shocker, a big blow. Something I wasn't prepared for. Something you can't really prepare for. Um, and I was one of those guys that uh, really got tied into my work a lot and uh, didn't pay attention to much else. I was focused on making money, trying to provide for my family. I got two kids, um, and I got tied up with that so much that I didn't pay attention to my health. You know, we get tied up in the, what we're doing so much that we don't pay attention to ourselves. And uh, next thing I know, I just got sick. You know, start throwing up and being tired and sleepy all the time. And when I went to the doctor, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be something easy like take some pills or get some rest or you got corona, something like that. But, you know, they told me, you got kidney disease. And I'm like, all right, well, how do we fix it, you know? Because I'm a problem solver. And it's like, well, we can't fix it. It's just, it is what it is. And you got to you gotta deal with it. So I, I said that's probably the, the toughest thing I've had to deal with. So, like, with kidney disease, what, I don't want to pry too much, but, you know, we open platform, we both busting and blunt. What what type of symptoms did you experience with kidney disease? The the symptoms that I had, I was extremely tired. Like I was tired to the point like I would have to go to sleep. Like not like, oh I'm just dragging a little bit. Like I would have to lay down and go to sleep at two or three o'clock in the afternoon because I was exhausted. And um you have the fact that your your kidneys clean your blood and it does it doesn't just deal with your urine. A lot of people think it's just your urine. It actually cleans your blood. So if your kidney isn't functioning the way it's supposed to or at a high level, then your blood is consistently dirty. 
or toxic. So uh, that that causes uh, you to be tired. That causes some 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 uh, delusion uh, with your mind. You know, you be kind of confused. You be very forgetful. Um, you have foggy memory. Um, so it's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a lot that that it can do to you um, that you might not even know, and uh, also it causes you to have uh, weight weight retention, water retention. So you'll be swelling a lot in different places, and I didn't even realize it, but my my legs were like crazy swole for like the last two years and I didn't even realize it. Like I was trying to play basketball and stuff and didn't even realize like I couldn't really run like I used to because my knees are swollen. But I didn't know. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just getting older, but it, it definitely wasn't the case. Alright, so is it is this kidney disease more common than people think or is it just like it definitely is. It's um it's over two hundred thousand people in America that that have end-stage kidney failure. And that's not like your kidney's kind of messed up. That's end-stage where you need a transplant, where you need another kidney. There's 200,000 people right now on any given day in America that's suffering from that. And um, it's something that's not really talked about that much. I think it's something that people think that older people have to deal with. It's just something that happens to older people. But it's, it's a whole community of people that have that have that issue and have that problem. What kind of uh, lifestyle change does it like? You had to change your diet or anything like that? Um, yeah, you you completely had to change your diet. You have to you can't eat salt. Uh, shouldn't eat processed foods. Um, everything you you eat at at this point, once you had a disease, uh, can affect you know you living or you know being sick. So you completely have to change it, take out all the salt or anything else that they might tell you that you can't do. Like some people, luckily I'm not one of those people, but some people can't drink a lot of liquids. Like they have a liquid limitation because if they drink too much, it, it stays on their body and they can essentially suffocate or, or, or drown because they have too much liquid on their lungs. So it's a lot of limitations that come along with it. You definitely putting us on game tonight because I didn't know a lot of these things you said. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that all that came with kidney disease. Like, yeah. Like like me coming in from the outside looking in, I just thought I had to deal with urine and things like that, like you said. But it's a whole lot of different other things that you got to consider with that. Yeah, definitely. So. How how is it like living your like living day to day life? How how is it trying to you know what I'm saying stay up to par and continue to indulge in entrepreneurship and everything? Um, it completely it completely changed my life. I mean, it completely changed the way I uh, go about my day to day uh, actions. Um, it completely stopped me from working. Uh, cause you can't, you can't, uh, there's no real way to get around it. You know, uh, you got to go to dialysis for four hours, three times a week. And if you don't do that, you end up getting sick again. Um, you have to sit there four to four hours. 
Uh, you have to get surgeries uh, in order to get the dialysis, and that affects you in different ways. Like I got like a, a port right here where they do the dialysis through my chest, and the 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 dialysis goes directly to your heart, and it wears you out. It feels like it feels like you played five or six basketball games just from sitting on the machine. And it, it makes you completely tired. And once you get off, all you want to do is rest. But you only have one more day until you have to go back again. So essentially, it's almost like all you do is sleep and rest and sleep and rest, and, you know. So it's, a, it's affected me in a big way. And uh, my biggest goal has been to show other people that's in this situation, and, I, and not just the kidney disease situation, but any situation where they feel like they can't really do it, that there's a way to do it. There's a there's an opportunity to keep on pushing, to keep on moving forward, to try and maximize the time you have left. And uh, speaking of that, time you have left, uh, that's the biggest thing it did. It showed me that I don't have a whole lot of, you know, I don't have a lot of time. Like being 34, I thought, I had another 50 years, you know, until I had to worry about anything if I keep myself in shape, you know. But this happening showed me that at any point in time, anything can happen and, and steal your time, you know. So so with the with the dialysis, that's them cleaning your blood, right? You're getting blood transfusions in there. That's what it's called. Yeah, they, they it's not a, a transfusion. They're they're taking your blood out and, and running it through a filter and then putting it back in and and cleaning it uh for four hours. So yeah. So is there any way like to prevent kidney disease from happening or is it just something that's like hereditary? It depends. Um Sometimes it's hereditary. Some people that's born with one kidney, some people that's born with damaged kidneys. Um, your diet has a lot to do with it. For me, the thing that they think caused it was uh, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, which is crazy because I'm, I'm 34 years old. I worked out the majority of my life. I'm in good shape. Why would my blood pressure be high, right? So blood pressure could cause it. Um, Medications you take can cause it. If you take a lot of aspirin, not aspirin, a lot of uh, ibuprofen. A lot of ibuprofen, if you take a lot of supplements, I'm not going to say which supplements, but a lot of supplements, and you're really damaging your, your kidney by putting a lot of minerals unneeded into your body, that can damage your kidney to the point where it kind of, you know, hardens up and it doesn't work anymore. And uh, But it's a combination of things, you know, your, your diet, uh it can be hereditary. I used to think it was from drinking. You know, um, my mother, she was an alcoholic. And I thought that if I didn't drink and blah, 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 you know, I wouldn't have any issues. So I didn't even drink until I was like 25. And I ended up being a person with the, with the messed up kidney. So, you know, it's, it's, it can come from all different kind of ways. Yeah, you definitely put us on game, man. I know Guala, you over there soaking it in, like. <laughs> yeah, I um, 
one of my jobs, I used to work in the hospital in like a uh, patient transport. So I would like see the process of like, you know, people going through dialysis. You know, I would have to transport them there and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that uh, uh, I was saying, was that an eye-opening experience for you, transporting the patients? Yeah, man. Working in the hospital, you see a lot of stuff, man. But um, definitely uh, with uh, like how he was explaining, like you see the process. I get, I watched the process. You know what I'm saying? A few times, seeing them like pull the blood out and just running through like the filter machine and going back in. I actually know about the the surgery he's talking about getting the pour in on the chest. Yeah. For sure, man. So you, you pivoted from entrepreneurship and you got into motivational speaking. What uh what what has that experience been like as a motivational speaker? It's been it's been it's been interesting. It's been a learning experience. Um it's been uh gratifying. Um the thing the reason I pivoted uh was because when I when I got diagnosed, um, I'm a, I'm a type of person that's like I'm gonna do my due diligence and do my research and try to find out everything I can to solve the problem or you know get to the next step. You know what I'm saying? So when they told me that I was done, my kidney was done, uh, I had to get a transplant. I went to research and try to find other people that had went through the situation. So I can get some information on what should I do next? What can I do? How can I solve it? How can I fix it? You know, what does the other side look like? After you go through this and maybe get a transplant, what is my life going to look like? And I didn't see anybody. Like I didn't, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any examples of people that made it to the other side. And, you know, it was like, you know, this is what happened to me. So, I felt, I felt like really, really down and really in a dark place. And I didn't have anybody I could, I could talk to or relate to or anything like that. So, uh, and all the people that I used to look at, all the other motivational speakers, all they ever talked about was making money, working out, playing a sport. You know, none of that stuff related to what I was going through. You know, none of that stuff could bring me up to, you know, it didn't have any answers. So the thing I did see is I did see there was, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that felt the same way I felt. And from that point, I started documenting. I started recording myself and I started, you know, taking pictures and photos of the different steps I was going through to show, okay, you can start here, you can feel down, you can feel bad, you can feel like you don't have anywhere to go. But this is where you can end up. And uh, the motivation of speaking is about showing those people and other people in other situations that you can overcome, you can, you can, you can pick yourself up, and you can keep moving forward. Most definitely. Do you feel like... Uh... You said earlier that this is one of the biggest things that you had to overcome. Do you feel like overcoming this has gave you a a different sense of purpose in life? Definitely. Definitely. Um definitely. Like I said, it's it was uh it wasn't something that was on my mind. I wasn't 
I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, you know, I never seen myself envision myself being a motivational speaker or anything like that. Um, so it definitely did give me a different purpose and a different uh, look on life. Like I said, you know, I realized that I had plans, like, you know what I'm saying? You set goals and you set dreams and stuff like that. And something like this, it shows you that, you know, stuff can change real quick. You know, stuff can change real quick and you got to capitalize on the time you have here and make the most out of the time you have here while, while you're here. Because, you know, nothing's guaranteed. For sure. For sure, man. So what advice... I know you gave a little advice. What advice would you give to anyone out here that's going through something similar to what you're going through? The thing I would say is to do your do your research. Don't allow your fear to dictate what you what you can and can't do. Do your research. Do your due diligence. Find out what your limitations are and then push those limitations, you know, try to be an expert on that area so you can know exactly what it is that you can and can't do and how far you can, you can go with it and, and don't allow fear to, to trick you into thinking that you're finished because it's a lot of people out there that feel like they're finished, they're done. You know, they don't have nothing to live for just because they got sick or they don't have nothing to live for just because they can't do stuff the way they used to do it. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a trick on your mind that you have to snap out of when you're going through something that's that traumatic and that serious. Uh, another question I had, do you feel like the holistic approach to the things you're going through is, would be helpful or is, is it more Western, medicine or medical techniques that's helping you the most? Um, I think it's just it depends on your situation because um, like I said, everybody's situation is a little bit different. And it, you know, the thing that causes the disease is a little bit different. So for me, having hypertension, blood pressure, I'm going to try my best now knowing to modify my diet and do it in, a, in like you said, a holistic way. Modify my diet and get myself away from having to take the Western medicine, you know, the blood pressure medication. I don't want to have to do that forever or whatever else if it's under my control. So, you know, like I said, that, that causes you to educate yourself, be more aware of what you're eating, you know, know more about how it's going to affect you and, and, and go that route. Um, as far as just depending wholly on the Western medicine, I personally don't, you know, I don't think that, you know, packing myself with a bunch of medication is the best thing to do all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, me personally, I try to educate myself on doing what's best and, Change my diet and go in that direction. That's what that's what my goals are. Yeah, that's just something that came up in my mind. I wanted to ask. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Among other things, it, it's some. It's 
another uh, interesting thing that they don't talk about or, or, or let you know is the side effects that come along with the medication that you're taking that's, that's helping you stay alive or helping you feel better or helping you, you know, the side effects of those things. You know, you take a uh, steroid to help you maintain your uh, kidney and the steroid makes you feel like you're going insane. So, I, you know, I don't know if that's a benefit or not, you know what I'm saying? But that's a part of the, you know, Western medicine. So it's just up to the individual how they want to go about doing it. Big face, big face. Oh, girl, I thought you, I thought you had some. <laughs> so, like, like Trick Daddy, uh, I watched a Trick Daddy interview, and he's going through like some medical situations as well. He's saying, like, for one medicine, there's a, another medicine you got to take for the side effect of the first medicine. Another medicine you got to take. Exactly. He just don't take medicine at all. He he uh, self medicates, so to say. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But whatever he said he does, y'all can look look that up in the interview if you don't know. But <laughs> definitely, I, I feel that I feel that from every angle, for sure. And I salute everybody that's staying strong through their situations, their medical situations, and their life-changing events, for sure, man. And we, we appreciate you coming through 1409. You could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be right here. And definitely, definitely. I appreciate y'all inviting me. No problem. We appreciate you. What what can we expect from you in the near future? Oh, and in, in the near future, um, I'm working on a book. So working on that. Um, also on uh, if you have Spotify, anything like that. I got motivational tracks on there uh, under D Mill D Motivation Mill. Um, Look that up. It's tracks on there. You can check out, listen to, motivate yourself. They're not all the same. They're not all, you know, I, I talk about things from different perspectives, um, business-wise, sports-wise, working out-wise, uh, not too religious. But um, check those things out. Also, I'll be doing uh, some some uh, motivational tours coming up soon this year. And, um, you know, just trying to help uplift people and, you know, spread the message and help people out that's in need. Hey, for sure, man. We rocking with you. We're going to continue to stay tapped in with you, big for, for sure, most definitely. And do you have any closing remarks, anything before we part ways? Uh, um, just anybody that's out there that's, that's going through anything or or, you know, feel like they're hopeless. Um, just keep pressing through, man. Just keep pressing through. You know, take advantage of the time you have. Uh, cherish the time you have. The people that's not going through anything, that's, that's, you know, your life's going perfect and everything's fine. Cherish the time you have and maximize the time you have because, you know, that's the only thing we can't get back is time. And I appreciate you guys for having me on today. Yes, sir, man. Anything you got anything going on, just hit us up so we can continue to stay tapped in. We follow you as well. So we gonna Definitely, definitely, definitely. We love to have you back in the near future too. Spin the block on us. All right, we'll do. Spin the block. Uh-huh. We'll do, we'll do. All right, man. Yeah, have a good night. You too. All right, man. That was uh that's some good stuff right there, man, for real. Yes, sir.
Hey man, that once again that was Derek Miller. Make sure y'all follow him on Instagram at D E E one underscore Mill on Instagram. So that's D one underscore Mill D E E spelled out. So make sure y'all tap in with that. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram as well, fourteen oh nine podcast. You can catch us on always press record TV, Black American Market, Nobody Grinds Like Us Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Radio. Amazon Music and Audible and all those other podcast streaming platforms, man. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Make sure y'all go ahead and do that. And leave us a review on Google as well because if you Google us, that'll come up as well. So we're in the search engines too, so make sure y'all tap in with that. Sweet thanks. Sweet thanks, man. You had anything, Walla? Nah. <laughs> All right, that's the 1409 podcast. And we out. Okay.